Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Bytes Show podcast. This is your newest, latest, greatest Game Bytes Show podcast for August the 31st. I suspect that that probably won't hold true after this is not the newest podcast anymore, but here we are. I am your host, Jeremy Lawman Lamont, doing a once-in-a-blue-moon, very, very rare, very sought-after two-man show with my one co-host tonight, good buddy, Dale Count Elmdor Jones. How are you doing, Dale? I'm good. And, you know, we do have a third chair. It's you, the listener. Aw. You guys, group hug. <laughs> no, actually, I don't touch me. Don't. No. Uh, <laughs> this is your Midweek Game Bite Show podcast where we're going to talk to you about the games that we've been playing. And I'll tell you what, even though it's just Dale and I tonight... I'm sure that we're still not going to get it under our requisite 30 minutes traditional oh, we can Game by Show podcast. Uh, the Game by Show podcast, of course, brought to you in teeny tiny little 30 minute game bites. But if I stretch out the intro long enough, it's usually more than one per episode. It it usually yeah, it usually is kind of a, a chomp, chomp, chomp on a nibble. Um, so we're going to be talking about the games that we've been playing this week, and um, you know I think I'm just going to be courteous. I think I'm going to Dale go first. Wow, okay, sure, I can do this. Um, do it. I did prepare a little bit. Actually, you know, uh, it's mostly a lot of the same as the, as the past couple of weeks. Um, a lot of WoW. Good night, everybody. <laughs> a lot of WoW, a lot of No Man's Sky. Um, let me take it in order of, like, least intensive to most intensive. Okay, so least intensive this week okay. is No Man's Sky. Um, I'm just sort of in a like um, routine pattern with this game. I'm like hopping in and gathering the stuff I need to make my jumps toward the center of the galaxy and then basically being on my way. The one thing that I'm trying to do right now is um, actually do some of the, uh, I, what would it be? I guess like z- z- zoonomy, the study of animals. Um, I'm trying to actually do a little bit of the like cataloging of new species so that I can at least collect everything from one planet because um, there are these two dudes that you just kind of keep bumping into in No Man's Sky. And every now and then one of them will be like, hey, have you done that, that thing I asked you to do? And it's usually something that you didn't know that, that he had never actually asked you to do. But like, if you happen to have done something, you can share with him a little bit of information. And he'll like share with you something, like a blueprint or... Uh, I think it's always a blueprint. Um, anyway, uh, I bumped into these guys time and time again in this galaxy of 18 quintillion planets um and every time it's like oh hey you know you've been out there doing your thing do you have any info to share on on this little thing and and with all the other ones i did it's like well yeah i did shoot down you know 25 other enemy ships and yeah here's the you know telemetrics of the ones that i shot down and then like he would give me something this time all he's asking for is like the taxonomic information for one measly planet and you know, in the hundreds of planets that I've visited, I haven't bothered to do even one. So I'm finally going to try to track down all the life forms on this one planet that I found and knock that little thing out. So I have a question for you. Have you looked at the uh, the Steam achievements for this? Yeah, yeah, I look at them, like, you know, every time I play. Are, are you going for it? Are you, gonna, are you pursuing those? Uh, no, well, I mean, not for the sake of achievements. Um, the, these achievements in Steam are basically very carefully or, or very accurately aligned with some of the in-game um they, they call them milestones in game and you in order to complete the game such as you can you actually need to do some of these and or and it's it's almost fair to say that it's unavoidable that some of them you will do such as you know meeting a certain number of aliens or taking in a certain number of steps or jumping to a certain number of systems um that's what the achievements 
do for you. Actually, you know, I have one of those, like, in your Steam profile, if you go to it, like, there's a, um, one of the, like, little, little things you can put on your Steam profile is, like, an achievement showcase. And what that will do is one of the options that you have for displaying there are like, show me my most, the achievements that I have that are the most rare out of all, everything in the entire Steam community. And one of the ones I have is for No Man's Sky. It's the achievement called A Space Odyssey. I see that. And um, let's see, what is it? It's Attain Discoverer attain status discoverer. in Space okay. Exploration. I think what that was was jumping to, it was either 50 or 60 different systems um, that was that's super early on too you you got that one uh more yeah, than over but, a week ago but only two percent of players have this achievement which makes it show up in my little achievement showcase um with the likes of half minute hero super mega neo climax ultimate boy synchronized slaying which was for basically participating in a four person game of that which I only wow. did because I was helping Esteban to test it when he was working. Right. On it. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that it says 0.81 percent of players have that. Less than one percent. My second most rare achievement is actually from Dishonored, and I'm pretty proud of this one. It's only one percent of players have this, and um, it was basically like an air assassinated guy from a certain height is what that was. Um, so anyway, enough about my achievements. Um, no Man's Sky. I am still playing that. WoW. Um, I've been playing. I, I went back to WoW after a couple of weeks away because uh, you know the, the Legion expansion has just come out. Unfortunately, I am not level one hundred yet, so I can't participate in Legion. Um, I am only level ninety one, so I am in uh, you know the back of the bus at the, the the previous expansion content, the Warlords of of Draenor. Um. But I did the first two or three quests of that last night, and it seems kind of cool. Um, it's again with WoW, you can really see how as the years go by and you get to like the newer and newer content, like just how many more bells and whistles and cool like in-game, in-engine cutscenes, and how much more like voice acting there is as the years go by, and the the gear that you get is like displayed in higher resolution <laughs> than the stuff from the earlier uh, expansions. Um, and, and I know you guys have talked about the, uh, what do you call them? The illusional things that you can do, the where, where you take the gear and you make it into something else. Oh, the else, transmog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's a big deal now, like, trying to make your character. Yeah, I, I don't really care about that. I mean, I, I get that people people are into that. And that was something they added to Diablo 3 as well. You could, like, you know, as long as you had previously had a piece of equipment with a cool appearance, you could make your current equipment look like that equipment. Which, you know, I guess if you... I mean, I, certainly everyone loves to play dress up in RPGs, but for some reason, like WoW and Diablo, it just doesn't really do much for me. But anyway, right. that's that's just me. So I'm gonna continue playing WoW. I did, in fact, buy the expansion, um, and that came with a free token to like level up any character immediately to 100. But I don't want to waste that on my like level 91 Death Knight or my level like 68 Warrior. Um, so I don't know if I'm gonna use it right away, or maybe I don't know, maybe some. Some other it's going to be one of those things you hoard and then never actually spend. Yeah, yeah, totally, like an X-Potion. Um, right. Speaking of which, I have been playing Final Fantasy IV, uh, and I'm playing it in the original Japanese. I actually have a Super Famicom cart that I ordered, uh, along with a bunch of other ones. And I, I'm actually playing through the game as some, you know, just like brush up on, on my Japanese. Um, but what's interesting about playing through Final Fantasy is that I, I guess I never 
I'd, I'd forgotten about my past experience with uh, other games and, and stuff. Like, so, you know, like 10 years ago, um, back when, when I was still in Japan before we moved back here, uh, in fact, probably almost exactly 10 years ago, I was playing through Final Fantasy 1 um, and 2, the, the GBA cart in, in Japanese, um, while I was there, right? Like, and I actually finished Final Fantasy 1 uh, that way. And I started 2, but 2 is not a great game, so I didn't actually finish that one. Um, anyway, where I was going with this is that it's all in, in hiragana and in a little bit of katakana, but mostly hiragana. There's no kanji in the game, like at all, from what I can tell, which strikes me as weird because Japanese kids start learning kanji in like first grade. Um, and I don't think there's any reason that they couldn't go sort of like halfway and like, you know, say if they were writing the game to say like a 12 year old level or whatever, there's no reason they couldn't use some of the easier to learn kanji. Um, instead, it seems like they've just completely foregone kanji all the way and, and just stuck, like I said, directly to, um, the phonetic alphabets. Um, is there a, is there like a space constraint do you think, or is it, you know, I, 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 I guess that could be it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I don't, I'm not sure how that would work out because if you have kanji, then by using one kanji, you save on, you know, up to like three or four kana that you're not displaying. But is that saving space or not, as opposed to just not even having the kanji in there to begin with? Yeah. I just wonder if it's like a technical thing or like a... I guess it must be, but I, I don't know. It's kind of puzzling because here, the other thing they do is... When you played when you played the Dawn of Souls stuff, the, the one and two, were those in Kana or were those... I'm pretty sure... I don't remember thinking about it. So I have to assume, and I'm pretty sure there was kanji in those, but then those were the remakes on the GBA and not the original... Famicom yeah. version. Well, and of I also that wonder game, maybe because because kanji are more complicated characters, right? Potentially, they are. You need yeah. More. I yeah. If it's hard to display. Yeah, that could be it. It could be that at the the resolution, um, which you know this game was obviously for the Super Famicom, so it was meant for like a, a you know an old CRT. It could be that at the size and resolution, it's too hard to do some kanji. Um, and yeah, I can see that even with the kana as it is, it's kind of some of them kind of look weird. Um, Just throwing it out. That so might I have to admit, I have I have to admit a little bit of ignorance here because I actually never played the the American Final Fantasy two, right? Which is the Japanese Final Fantasy four. Right. There are actually more differences than I was than I knew about. Yeah, I want you to tell me not not just the differences, but I I have to admit, like I'm not super familiar with the scenario of Final Fantasy four. Final so just like in, in a nutshell, like give me the once over, like what what is this game actually like to play? It's and, a good one it because about? it's as as Final Fantasy games go, it's relatively straightforward. So in four, you start out playing as uh, Cecil, who is a, a dark knight in the service of uh, the Kingdom of Baron, and um, come to find out, the Kingdom of Baron is being manipulated by this sort of behind the scenes guy called Golbez, who wants to take the four crystals of the world and use them to take over the world. Um, so at the beginning, you go and steal on the, on the king's orders. You go and steal these crystal from these like you know helpless wizards, and um, the game opens when you're returning to the kingdom to the king with the crystal that you've taken, and you're starting to kind of have doubts about uh, your mission in life as a, as a dark knight, right? Mm -hmm. And so so Cecil raises these objections to the king, 
and the king has his like worm tongue esque advisor there who's like you know no 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 this uh this is treason this can't stand and so you're sent out to do like one uh final mission to kind of like prove your reprove your your loyalty to the king um and on this mission it turns out that you and, and your buddy kane are are betrayed and the mission that you thought you were going to do was was actually just you know designed to to make you deliver this package to this village where it exploded and killed everybody um and so basically now you're kind of like on the run and uh it's a it's basically a journey of sort of this this one character cecil's sort of self-discovery and and his journey from being a dark knight into uh, he changes into a paladin at uh, a point you know maybe like a, a quarter of the way third of the way into the game uh and then you have a bunch of plucky heroes that you team up with and save the world from the evil golbez and you know the other bad forces it does sound very straightforward. I like that. Yeah, it's so pretty. It's... As, as I mean, there's a whole bunch of like plot divergences. At one point, you go into the underworld, which is where the dwarves live, and you fight like a giant mech. And there's like a tower of Babel. It's it's actually called the Tower of Babel, and um, all these crazy diversions. You go to the moon at the end of the game, which is actually it's not a real moon. It's a satellite that was put there, like a like a giant base. It's no and... moon. It's a space station. Yeah, yeah, literally, it is. You you take a giant whale uh, spaceship to the moon, and on the moon you fight the um, the alien intelligence Zemus, who was actually manipulating Golbez and Kane, who you know Golbez was manipulating the king to begin with or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean. And, and it seems like this is one of the more well-regarded Final Fantasy games. Is that well? Is that it was, you know, for a very long time there were only like three that ever came to the U.S. and this was this was one of them. So you had the, you had the first one on the NES, which I guess was decently well-regarded. I remember playing it back in the day. Uh, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was young. Um, I got into Final Fantasy II when I was about thirteen, probably. Um, I had a few days basically in a hotel uh, while my mom was, was at work all day um, and she bought me a game to keep me occupied and it was Final Fantasy. So I had just this unfettered access to this like crazy, uh, at the time, you know, crazy deep RPG and I just totally fell in love with it. And then um, it was probably another two years after that when Final Fantasy 3 came out, which um, was probably maybe one of the, the first major instances of, of a game being on the horizon that I was definitely looking forward to over like two screenshots from a Nintendo power or something. <laughs> and uh, man, when that game came out, it was, it was like all I played for probably, I don't know, a year at least or something. It was anyway, these games are, are big personal favorites of mine. So, and, and three is the equivalent of six, six. Yeah. Here. So, okay. so we, until like late in the PlayStation era, we never had, the real two or three or five um, until well after like seven had been released. Right. Right. Seven was the first one where they put the name. Went in back sync to the and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one are you interesting playing playing fact, this? Uh, real quick, one interesting fact about the final fantasy two that we got in the U S is that uh, there are actually three versions of this game. So there's the original four from Japan. There's the two that we got, which is like heavily, edited for content um, and is missing a lot of the complexity of the game because it more closely corresponds to the third type 
the third version of the game, which was Final Fantasy IV Easy Type, which was also released in Japan and um, basically designed for people who didn't want to get into the meat of the game, but just more kind of wanted a straightforward story to play through. Right, like the experience. Yeah, yeah. So, so the version that we initially got here on the Super NES was missing a lot of stuff. So that's what, in playing the game now, in in the original Japanese version, it's first. It's been a long time since I actually played the game, so sometimes I'm not sure if it's just something I forgot about or if it's something that actually wasn't there. But I do actually remember for a fact that um, in the U.S. version of Final Fantasy II. A couple of times you saw Dark Knight Cecil use uh, an attack uh, that you never had access to. However, in the original, you always have that as one of the actions that you can choose on the battle screen. It's it's called uh, um, Ankoku, which is the, the darkness for the Dark Knight. It's basically he sacrifices some HP to do like a magical area of effect attack on the entire enemy team. Okay. Um, I remember that graphic because at one point when Cecil changes from Dark Knight to Paladin, you have to do like a mirror match against your old self. So like the Paladin version versus the Dark Knight. And the Dark Knight is able to use that attack on you. And I always remember thinking, why didn't I ever have that attack? But <laughs> turns out in the original version of the game, you did. That's where it came from. Yeah. And there's also um, another instance of this where it's an ability that you have that I am not sure was in the US version. There's this like um, this sort of like scholar wizard guy who's like an old man and um he, he's called he's called Tella and in the if I remember right it's like you as you go along he'll like remember kind of out of the blue some like more powerful magic spells that he had forgotten and um like w- one of the kind of running gags in the game was that like he he used to know the spell meteor but like can't remember it sort of thing um well, anyway, in the in the Japanese version of the game, he has a, an ability called Omoidasu, which is like a one-time recall of something. And um, if you pick that, it's kind of random. Like sometimes it won't do anything, but sometimes it'll like pick f- randomly from a big list of like super powerful black magic spells and do like thousands of points of damage when, you know, everybody else is doing like five or six or something, you know? That's fun. I like those wacky sorts of things. Yeah, it's, it's uh, neat. So, so how far are you going to be playing through this then? Final Fantasy I, you know, for for the, the sake of, of you know brushing up on Japanese, I, I'd like to go all the way. It's not too long as as Final Fantasy games go. I think you can probably get through it in thirty hours less, probably. Well, that's not bad at all. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually have those because we were. In fact, I think we were talking about this last week. With uh, they had re-released several of these, and I want to say they did three four, five, and I, I want to say they also did six on the DS. So I think they're all there up to up until seven. I know on the, if you have the DS and the, and the correct carts, you can get one, two, three, four, five, and six. Um, yeah. It's just that one and two were originally 8-bit games, and so those are up resed into 16-bit. Two, no wait, one and two are made 16-bit from 8-bit. Three and four are made 3D polygon from um, eight and 16 bit, respectively. And then five and six are um, the originals were 16 bit, and those were like, you know, redone in GBA 16 bit and like retranslated. And so, actually, if you can find the GBA version of Final Fantasy VI, it has a much better translation than the original. Final Fantasy 3 Super NES game. So for those of you keeping score, 
One, two, four, three, six, <laughs> five, four, three. That pretty much sums it up. I that's think. the that's the top six Final Fantasy games ever. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that, yeah, that's cool. I uh, somehow sort of missed all of the middle Final Fantasies. I, I played one several times through, uh, one and then jumped straight to like jump straight to twelve. I think is basically how it went for me. So. Wow, that's you should yeah you should definitely play six. I, I and... have been going back kind of piecemeal, just kind of here and there, getting a few hours into eight, a few hours into seven. Played five for a little bit. I'm just kind of jumping I think, around. I think one and then like four, five, and six probably hold up the best as as time goes on. Uh, yeah, I'll have to go one because to... you know you know all about one. It's just a good game. Sure. Right? Four, okay. five, and six. Um, it seems like kind of where they really hit their stride with the game. So like four is all about the story. Five is all about the job system, and then six is just like kind of like the complete package it's pretty amazing the one the one yeah well um with some luck and maybe a little bit of forethought uh maybe i will be talking about that some week on the game bite show for the games that i've been playing but for this week i've actually been playing a couple of brand spanking new so brand spanking new these things are they're not even out yet uh i've been playing the alphas and the betas this week uh, so Did first I'm going to talk about, yeah, no, no, actually these, these have been open. So, uh, you may, if you're listening to this, you may have had the opportunity to play both of these. Um, the first thing I played was the Titanfall pre-alpha technical test. Um, hmm. so we, we sort of talked about the, um, arms race, you know, away it, from demos. Isn't that game betas. out this year? I, I think it comes out in October. There's no way this can be a pre-alpha then. It's... I am not. I, I think there's. So, I, I was going <laughs> to sort of bring that up. So the the way it goes, beta is feature complete, but still has bugs to work out. Alpha is not feature complete. Um, so they're still actually adding. Maybe things it is. Maybe to, it's coming in hot. Product. <laughs> uh, yeah, that could be. Uh, prepare for Titanfall. Yeah. Um, and and this is a technical pre-alpha, which presumably is just there to test server load, is is what they said. <laughs> uh, but of course, as we've talked about, they release this stuff with the intent of sort of drumming up hype and and you know sort of giving it a demo kind of spin, but it's actually available for a limited time. So they actually ran the Titanfall two technical tests for two weeks, two consecutive weekends, I believe it is. And uh, I played for a few minutes the first week, but didn't didn't really have the opportunity and thought that I had missed my chance. But then this past weekend, they reopened it for the second and final week of this technical test. And so I wanted to talk about this a little bit, especially since we had played Titanfall a long time ago, many moons ago uh, on the Game Bite show. And we sort of all, I think, agreed that we liked it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's still cool. So uh, calling down Titans, still way fun. Uh, I, I remember being really skeptical of the idea of Titanfall, I think, when they first announced it. But I, I quickly understood the appeal of uh, dropping down your giant robot buddy. I can really understand the skepticism, because when you start to think, like, how how in the world are you going to make levels that work for you know pilots and titans and then also how are you going to make the combat balanced right and so i think what they did because i was thinking about this too is you you basically take the far extremes of mobility and sort of light attack with immobility or or you know really chunky heavy movement and really strong attack and i imagine that they probably looked at those two ends of that spectrum and said okay well there's a way we can do both of these and try and do a it's a, sort of a rock, paper, scissors, but only a diametric, I'm not sure what that would be, uh, you know, <laughs> rock and... Yin-yang? Yeah, something like that. 
and um, you know the they the, and in this case, I, I think they've even sort of spread that diametric even a little bit further apart. So a couple of things that have changed in Titanfall Two. Uh, the, the number one thing on the pilot side is the grappling hook. So they've now added what where previously Titanfall pilot mode, where you're in your actual humanoid, you know, you're a person like a dude in a you know little pilot suit. Yep. Uh, running around was the the parkour, right? So mm-hmm. the uh, the double jumping, the wall running, the climbing up on ledges, uh, just very, very fast, very speedy, a lot of, uh, like, duck sliding kinds of things, and uh, so they added this grappling hook, which, again, I felt a little bit skeptical when they first talked about it, but it actually works really well. It has this sort of really satisfying physics to it, where you you can't just necessarily sink it into a wall, it has to actually clamp onto something, so it, it will sink into a wall, but... It works where if you are, for example, below a wall, you don't want to aim at the top of the wall or even in the middle of the wall. You can still do jumps off of the grappling hook, so you can chunk it into the wall and do a do a double jump up and eventually get it. But it works a lot better if you throw it over the wall because it kind of has a little bit of sink to it and then comes back and latches into something from behind, kind of like a, a real grappling hook would, which uh, sort of makes it flow even better when you sort of leap over that wall because the rope has gone over the wall rather than into the side of it, for example. Um, and, and that's kind of one example of the physics because they, they sort of do, uh, you can shoot things down while you're in the air and, you know, kind of pull yourself and give yourself like a boost of speed and, uh, you know, uh, because there's, again, a lot of verticality in this, a lot of tall buildings, short buildings, roofs that you're going to jump over and, and parkour over. Um, and it turns out that it works actually really well when it works. Um, it does have kind of an unfortunate tendency to to not work out the way that you want it to sometimes, okay. uh, just because of the physics of it, and you ended up kind of running so into something when you wanted to go did, over it. Uh, if I remember, with in the original game, the, the maps would have like... Um, kind of like either underground or like buildings clustered together. Um, yeah. These spots that where only pilots could go and they'd be kind of clumped near each other, but then there'd be wide open spaces in between where the Titans would battle. And these right. things would be kind of um, interwoven together so that you don't have places that are exclusively one or the other, or at least, you know, they're not You can get far. to one from the other yeah. or you can... Yeah, yeah. Is, it, do you, is, is it sort of the same thing with the maps in this game? Or? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, kind of in that same way, as a, as a pilot, you know, you sort of want to stay out of the way of the big stompy robots. Yeah. And so, you you know, you have streets or, you know, wide alleys that maybe the, maybe the Titans can kind of stomp through. But at the same time, um, the Titans are very vulnerable to, like, being mounted and... Correct, correct. And that's still a thing. So uh, one thing that they've changed here as well, which is new, is the battery idea so you can actually so get this in the in the grand tradition of like the death star where they have the exhaust ports and it just so happens if you shoot something into it oh, yeah. it explodes the whole thing <laughs> yeah who, 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 go mm-hmm. figure that uh titans now have a little battery compartment where if you jump on them somebody can just like twist this latch and pull out a battery and take away some certain amount of of the titan's health uh, where before, I can't even remember what you Seems do in the bad. original Titanfall. Would you just start hacking on stuff or shooting you, you on You jumped stuff? on the top and you like wrenched it open and then pulled the dude out. Yeah, that's true. You could eject the pilot. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, I didn't see anybody getting ejected in this. They may have done away with that. But if somebody's on top of you, it's kind of bad news too because they'll pull out this battery. But then they can act. It's, and it's like this green, like... Very like easily a, accessible. Yeah, exactly. It's just like right there. Just like nobody thought of this. Yeah. And not even a lock even. You just reach down and you just twist it. Uh, but you can take it with you or you can actually find batteries kind of scattered around the, the, the field and you can actually use those and insert those into friendly Titans and give them health back. Sounds kind of like uh, Fallout 4, the... Um, the, the 
power cores for the power armor. Like you have to find them and insert them to be able to use the power armor. And like you can kinda, park kinda. the armor and take the core with you if you want. And I have to admit, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that it's health that you get from that. But it's definitely something you don't want ripped out of you and yeah. you do want jammed into you. So um, whatever that whatever that means to you. <laughs> Um, so, uh, those things are new as well, uh, the grappling hook, they, uh, for the, for the technical alpha here, they did, um, showcase a couple of the new titans, Scorch and Ion, I have to admit, one of them kinda had, like, a, a bulbous face, like a big daddy or something like that, with little things on, I couldn't really tell the difference, and I think it's mostly just the loadouts and the, the, you know, the weapons. Uh, no burn cards in this, so that was a big part of the original Titanfall, oh, really? was the cards. I don't know whether, though, that means, because remember, this is an alpha, so not Maybe feature not complete, yet. they might, yeah, they may just not have, have been doing them. Uh, the modes that they played, so there were two modes in this game, uh, bounty hunt mode and pilot versus pilot. I need to be honest, I didn't even really do pilot versus pilot, because to me, that's the least interesting thing about Titanfall. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure if you want to be a really well-rounded player, you've got to get good at the parkour and you've got to get good at like hitting people with those pistols. Um but there's no Titans in pilot versus pilot mode. Right. So it's just not, you know, it's just not what I wanted to do. So bounty hunt mode. And I saw kind of mixed reception to bounty hunt mode on the internet. I found it really interesting. Um, basically, so in the story, they kind of talk about the Battle of Demeter, which I guess was sort of a, a pivotal moment in the original Titanfall, like the good guys and the bad guys. But it, were they the good guys or the bad guys? Or I don't know. So now you have these remnants and stuff. Anyway, you sort of fill the role of a mercenary unit who's fighting for money, which basically means that when you kill someone there's a dollar figure attached to that basically so if you get a headshot on someone it's like it's worth like 24 space bucks nice. or something um so but what happens though is you bank those dollars as you're doing this and, and there may be objectives around the map too so there's like landing zones remember one of the other cool things about titanfall was the fact that it wasn't just the players against each other had they had these grunts these ai yeah. controlled like, yeah, like dweebs yeah they would they would just like run around and you could shoot them and, and make yourself feel better um, but they're now worth money, so there might be an area where, okay, this this landing craft is, is hitting down, or these pods are hitting the ground, and dudes are coming out, and so you are, they, they sort of become the currency, you know, because you start shooting them up, uh, the bad guys or the enemy team, the opposing team is trying to protect them, and it's, and it's of course a place that's going to bring the conflict in, so that's where the hot spot is, that's where everybody's going. Um, or, or there might be a uh, bounty on a particular titan. Somebody might be assigned, and this would be a player character who gets a bounty on them. They're worth big money, so you go and you chase them down. But no matter what you're doing, as you as you get this money, there are um, sort of pre-designated periods where there are banks uh, somehow. And again, I, I don't know how this would work in, in real life if this were happening, but there's these little uh, robot, like, four-legged vault things. that I think they mostly just sit there. I don't think they really do anything. But you run over there, and you bank your dollars, you bank your space bucks, <laughs> and then that becomes your final score, your final points for the match. So you have to... Can you? Can someone kill you and take your money before you bank it then? Yes. So okay. you also are worth money, and you will lose money if you die. So the, the idea is you want to get to that bank, but everybody else is going to the bank. So again, they're drawing everybody into this conflict, and now the stakes are higher because you're just trying to get your money into the bank. Right. Um, uh, and that's basically how that works. And I saw some people complaining about that, like they didn't really like it or they felt like... I actually saw some people talking about this game as if this were like a really grave misstep for Respawn. Like it was like, oh, now we don't even know if the multiplayer is going to be any good, but we're really looking forward to the single player. Um, I I, I thought it was all right. Sounds I didn't like really have any interesting idea with it. Or an interesting mode to maybe shake things up. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there are still going to be the standard deathmatch types of things. And uh, I, I think mostly this was just there to, as an alpha, maybe they wanted to see how it would work. This is not a mode that existed in any of the previous games. And yeah. I'm not really sure that I've seen anything like it in any other you know, the deathmatch games. You know, those people that are concerned, they, they, they may have a point to, to some degree because um, despite the first one being a cool game, I don't think it had a huge multiplayer community. It certainly didn't have yeah. one that lasted very long, it seemed like. so. Yeah, that's true. You don't have you, that Call of Duty problem where people migrate or not. It's like, if you, this is the... This if is you the have a limited ball. audience to begin with and you start subdividing it into like five or seven different modes, then that's no good. I mean, like, look at... Um, even Blizzard with Overwatch, they have like one mode, basically, and then like a bonus fun mode that changes every couple of weeks, you know? Right. And then I guess you could say they have casual and competitive, but still, it's like it's one hopper and there's like three different types of maps that you can play, but they're not split into three different playlists, you know? And furthermore, they're adding another platform to this too. So this game will be available on the PlayStation 4, whereas the previous game was only Xbox. Well, I guess it was Xbox 360, Xbox One, and then PC. Um, For the record, I think we're going to be playing this one on PC. So if you want to come play with the the Game Byte Show folks, that's probably where you'll find us. The one true platform. That's right. If, if, If such thing comes to pass, it will probably be on PC. Uh, the other game I've been playing, the beta now, so that was the alpha, now over to the beta, uh, currently ongoing, and I'm not sure by the time you hear this if it's, I, I actually don't even know the time frame for this, maybe Dale you can look this up for me and find out when this thing ends, but uh, the Battlefield 1 open beta, and uh, you know, maybe this is the one that's coming out in October, I, I, I'm having trouble keeping these straight, these are both EA games too, so uh, they are kind of really rocking and rolling with the, the pre-release hype train, kind of rolling these from one weekend to the next. The first thing I want to say about Battlefield 1 is that it feels and plays much better than I thought it would. This is definitely a... It feels to me like it's really hearkening back to the original like Battlefield 1942. Uh, remember there was that desert... Uh, North Africa map in, in Battlefield 1942, and the, the one map that they have is a Sahara-type type map where you've got uh, kind of a zone where there's some buildings and stuff, but then it's wide open, like wilderness space, like, you know, a, a desert with dunes over in one area, a rocky area in another area, and it's the only map that's available for this open beta, but it gives you a pretty good idea of what the game is going to be like. Um, and as far as the setting of World War One, I, I have found that I really enjoy the mix of the new stuff and the old stuff, so... You know, we actually kind of talked about, and, and maybe just a plug for our friend uh, Wesley Livesey, who's got his uh, World War One uh, podcast, um, which I, the name escapes me right now, but search that or find him on Twitter. Uh, but I, I've kind of come to appreciate the just that era now, um, where we have horses on one side, and then we have the new, you know treaded tanks which are kind of a brand new thing and and everything is very old you know stuff like machine guns are just mounted onto pieces of metal it feels like which you know seemed you know ki- kind of like what that era would have been you know nothing really modern or, or really the the planes again are, are kind of older I, I do feel like they've sort of upscaled the technology for the airplanes so you have things like parachutes and stuff kind of seems to work a little bit better than I think it really would have uh, in that day but I, I kind of like that era so you can play as uh, uh, teams like the, the British or the French or the Ottoman Turks and I have this personal policy I don't know if I've talked about this but in any game where I can play as the Ottoman Empire the Ottoman Turks that's who I play as why, like that's my why team. Why do you have that policy? Uh, you know I <laughs> it's kind of funny you'd ask I went to a museum exhibit once on the Ottoman Empire, like the art and the textiles of the Ottoman Empire, and it was a life-changing thing for me. Like, I never had considered in any way, shape, or form 
the Ottoman Empire, and it was so beautiful and so cool, and you kind of forget that they had, like, dominated that entire region of the world for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started playing them in, uh, like, Medieval, Total War, like, that was the team that I would choose, and then I pretty much just decided, just as a weird matter of personal policy, I would always be the Ottomans. Um, so you can be them. They have some very nice buttoned uh, sleeves uh, with as they carry around their machine guns and their grenades. EA has not said when the beta will end. Okay. So who knows? <laughs> so you might be able to play it now. If you haven't played it, it is open. So you can uh, play it on uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. I'm pretty sure you can play it on all of those platforms. And um, so this, I've kind of noticed that Battlefield 1, now that I've played the new Battlefront game uh, a bunch more... Um, this definitely has some of the DNA from, from Battlefront. For example, in addition to the, uh, I, I guess what I would call the typical Battlefield experience, you now have the ability to pick up tokens or, or I guess they're technically like little weapons chests that imbue you with the power of a special character. Like there's a, a big machine gun dude or a flamethrower guy. Uh, and you sort of become, this is sort of the, the analog to the Star Wars Battlefront Jedi or hero characters that you can, that you can be in those. Yeah. Um, so they've added that. The look and feel of the menus and the general flow of the, of the game, uh, I think, kind of feels a lot more like Battlefront. Um, and, and like I said, the, the, combine that with the fact that it really feels a lot, a lot like Battlefield 1942. I just have been enjoying it. I think a lot more than usual. They are very focused on the squad, so uh, it still has the spawn on squad. Uh, you get bonuses uh, for fulfilling objectives with your squad. In fact, if you're the squad leader, you can set, you can designate targets, so you can actually communicate to your team. Uh, you know, take over point uh, Applejack or whatever. They also use the very funny like World War One terminology. So the points are like. Uh, you know, Fox apples Trot. and yeah, yeah. It's not even Foxtrot. It's like Freddy and Edward and and uh, hmm. it's like weird little. It, it's almost like you can see like the British intelligence came up with this, uh, like Quiggledy Piddle or something. You know, those are the <laughs> kinds of names that things have. Um, but they they really try and encourage you to communicate with your squad in in some way by either setting objectives um, or coordinating the classes so that it is still a class based system. You got your assault, your scout, your medic, your uh, support class, um, all those kinds of things. Vehicles, still a big deal. Um, although I, I feel like, and you know, I didn't really play a lot of Battlefield 4 or some of the newer ones, but uh, a lot of the tanks that you can get into are like, there are like three, four, five man. I mean, it's just like bristling with guns and everybody gets to be one. So it's, it's way fun. Uh, in this particular map, there's also a weapons train. So in the... I don't. I don't know. I'm not even sure where the weapons train comes from, but it feels very authentic. Like just this this train that just goes down the track and is just filled with guns and just wreaks havoc on either side as it goes. Uh, that becomes a special unlock that you can get during the during the match, and you know it becomes a big target. But it also just rains death down on everybody. Um, bombers in the sky, so you can have tail gunners along with you as you uh, fly in a bomber and kind of drop down the the very primitive World War One style bombs. Uh, like I said, horses. So you ride a horse, and you know horses don't really add a lot i guess but they, you know they're fun to shoot people off of and you can get a, either a gun and kind of shoot people like indy if you like indiana jones like riding a horse around like shooting someone with a i don't know why that makes me feel like indiana <laughs> jones but it does uh, or you can get out a sword the and start crusade. sorting people yeah yeah it does it feels like the last crusade uh there's also a bayonet charge that you can do like if you start running you can press in r3 if you're playing on a controller and you're just like Rah! and i've actually speared some guy up against a wall which is pretty cool uh environment's very destructible if you drop bombs they'll actually leave craters in the ground which i'm not sure that that's been a thing before uh, that might be new i'm not sure yeah and then the buildings are very destructible so if you take up a sniper position uh you know somebody might just blow up the wall and then you need to find let, a new let me ask you something when you 
Q to get into a game, or when you try to join a game, does it still open the browser and do like the stupid Battlefield Finder or whatever? What, uh, you called? can do so. It can do auto matches, and there also is a server browser, and I'm not sure if that's what you mean by that. But you can sort of uh, where, it, where it actually the... opens your web browser. No, 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 no. You know I mean, I'm playing from like Battlefield Three, Four. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do that. Uh, I mean, this was all in game. On, I mean, I'm playing on PlayStation Four, so I'm not sure that a lot oh, of browser okay, integration right. would be involved here. Um, but you can do the matchmaking, or matchmaking seems kind of weird. And I did play again. I, I did played with Wesley a little bit earlier, and we found that sometimes the auto matchmaking would really take a while. So we would just kind of pick a. They, they do have a server browser, the typical thing, so you can just kind of pick the the uh, match that you want to get into. And so sometimes I would just back out and do that. But it does let you again, kind of like uh, Battlefront. Star Wars, uh, you can sort of let the matchmaking kind of work its magic in the background while you go and customize stuff. And, and the customizations, again, feel a lot like Battlefront 2, where you pick different heads and different outfits and, and uh, you know, choose your weapon loadouts and things like that. So uh, there, there definitely has gotten to be some, some chocolate in the peanut butter and vice versa, which I, I think works out really well. And I think I'm coming away from this beta of Battlefield 1 a lot more enthusiastic about the game than I had planned to be. Um, and I don't know how you have felt about it, but just seeing the trailers and stuff, I was like, okay, you know, sure, it's it's Battlefield, it's going to be in World War One. You know, I, I've heard um, once or twice that uh, this feels more like Bad Company, which is, I think, my favorite Battlefield, Bad Company 2. Um, having played 3 and 4, didn't really, I mean, they were good, but not since Bad, Bad Company 2 did I really get into a Battlefield. So I'm going to download the beta. And, yeah, uh, do it for sure. And uh, the, I think there's a lot of activity going on. People are pretty excited about it, so you shouldn't have too much trouble getting into matches, assuming the technology is working, which I guess is part of the point of this. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think I've come through it uh, kind of more enthusiastic to actually play it. And for, for me, again, who has not really been consistent in my Battlefield experience, this harks back to me for, uh, you know, all the way back to some of the very, very early stuff, which feels really good. You know what's, good. what's really interesting is that is that there's never, I mean, I guess there's never been for, for any series really, but there's of course never been a Battlefield 1, right? So so the first Battlefield game was Battlefield 1942, and then they had Battlefield 2, and then 3 and 4. So now, presumably, you get this in your, your game library, and it's going to be, you, you know, you're going to have your Battlefield 1, 2, three four <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking like, like they it's kind of funny you should mention that because it sort of had occurred to me too like there may be some continuity here i mean they're very good and of course it's the same i mean i'm pretty sure this is dice again yeah, doing, dice. doing this yeah. um but they've got a very it, it feels very contiguous and, and very true to the previous experiences and what we need is a battlefield cinematic universe i think we need one game that like spans like vietnam and and you know, all of this up to Battlefield 2142 or whatever their future most Yeah, I think that's is. it, 2142. I feel like they could do it. So that that's uh, something that we're asking for. Uh, please, Dice, we know you're listening to the Game Byte Show podcast. Please make that happen. But uh, until then, I think we can be satisfied with Battlefield 1 for now. And listeners, I think for now you can be satisfied with this episode of the Game Byte Show. We've reached the end of it, and uh, we certainly enjoyed talking to you about the games that we've played this week. If you would like to tell us similarly what you've been playing, or give us your thoughts on your favorite Final Fantasy games, whether you've had the chance to try out the new WoW expansion, or the Titanfall 2 technical pre-alpha, and whether you're hyped for any of these games, reach out to us. Let us know on your favorite social media. Hopefully that's Twitter, because that's where you'll find us. We can be found as a group at Game Byte Show. You can also find us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. And I am at Count Elmdor. 
And our two missing buddies, MIA, hopefully playing some good video games right about now, Legrand Jolly at L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E, and Jared Red Eye Dunn at R-E-D underscore I. Jared, as you probably know, is usually in charge of running our video game streams once or more a week, and this most recent time, uh, a real whopper, a real doozy. He played Mega Man Cross Street Fighter, or maybe a Street Fighter Cross Mega Man, and uh, I gotta tell you, and he knows this, Jared is terrible at Mega Man. It's it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Is he good and, at Street Fighter? Uh, I'm not sure. We should maybe try that next. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was fun, and we had a good time, but it was a train wreck, and, uh, <laughs> so every once in a while he'll play a game, and I just don't know how someone can be so bad at it, but, uh, Mega Man was a lot of fun, and you can find that over at our YouTube video archive, youtube.com slash show. If you'd like to see it live as it happens and be a part of the magic, uh, subscribe to us over at twitch.tv slash show, and you'll be notified whenever we go live. If you can't remember any of this stuff and it's just all a blur to you, just remember the one thing you need to do is go to www.gamebyteshow.com where you can subscribe via RSS or iTunes. You can see links to our video archives or a Twitch page. Just go there. It'll all be taken care of for you. We have people. They'll, they'll take care of it. We'll make Mexico pay for it. <laughs> and uh, other than that, uh, as you may have gathered, this is a twice-weekly podcast, so we'll be back again to talk to you at the top of the week about the news, the new releases, and a special video game subject of discussion, and that will be coming to you in just a few days, so don't... Uh, ho- hold your breath. Do hold your breath do hold for the next... Do hold it. Uh, I promise we'll be fast. And uh, until then, this has been your Game Bite Show. Please don't die. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. See you. Can run